So we are in our season here of the gift exchange, and I just want to ask you a, a simple question. What would it be like if we celebrated Christmas year-round? What would it be like? You know, because by the end, at least in our family, by the end of December, we're about ready for everything to come down and clear things out. You know, it's a good season for a season, and, and we love it, but there is a time for it to move on. And so uh, I think it's a lot, lot like that for us in Maryland, too, because in Maryland, we have the seasons. Like, I love the idea. It's a, ni- a novel idea of, of going down and living in the Florida Keys and fishing and just doing all that stuff, but I would get tired of the sun beating down every day and the threat of hurricanes. Like, I just don't, you know, that all the time would get old. We are blessed here that we go through seasons that make us appreciate other seasons. And yet, one of the seasons that I don't fully understand, and I'm not gonna claim to understand, and and, and frankly, it's gonna be a difficult topic to talk about, is grief. The season of grief. Um, and the best way I could sort of begin to talk about it is introduce a couple named Joey and Rory Feek. Some of you might know them. They um, were country music. I mean, he was an aspirational writer in Nashville. She was uh, considerably younger and moved to Nashville. And um, literally, he had two daughters he was raising, and she was told by God that she was gonna marry this guy and she hadn't even met him yet. And then she saw the kids and thought that she was married, so she gave up on that. And two years later, she heard that he was gonna be back singing and she heard that he wasn't married and she showed back up. And long story short, they got married. And this is their daughter, Um, that was born roughly around 2014, 2015, I think. They sang together, and they they, they made beautiful music together, is the best way to say it. And yet, she came down with cervical cancer, and she passed away in 2016. And they have that little daughter. Her name is Indiana. And I spent, just so you know, I've already about, there's a dry ear, or a dry ear, a dry eye in this place this morning because I want to show you, if you haven't seen already, a song they prepared before all this went down about the grief that they were going to undertake. A bright sunrise will contradict The heavy fall that weighs you down In spite of all the funeral songs 
The birds will make their joyful sounds You wonder why the earth still moves You wonder how you carry on But you'll be okay On that first day When I'm gone Dusk will come With fireflies And whippoorwill And crickets call And every star Will take its place In silvery gas Someone must be opening an onion in here. What astounded me about them. Cried three times this morning. I thought I'd get over it. I'd be all right. is they video, videoed, they had time to video their life at the end. And 
If you look at the next picture. They had an uncanny ability. trust in God in the midst of deep sorrow. Unbelievable ability. We've seen that this year. Off of a grieving blog, it says this, a very wise person once said to me, life is one long process of grieving. We begin by grieving the loss of possessions and relationships, and we move towards grieving the loss of people or of our own physical or mental abilities that were once so natural. We grieve the loss of dreams and a former way of life. This is a natural progression of grief and one that is to be expected as we navigate through our lives. But there is also unnatural grief, and this is perhaps the hardest to accept. Sudden, gut-wrenching, life-altering grief or slow, torturing grief that cannot have a good outcome. Nobody gets out of this life without experiencing grief. No one. The one guarantee in this life is that you will experience grief in some way. We can't change this, but we all must find a way to live with it. Now, this past four or five months, we have been going through what I would consider an unpacking of our souls. At least that's the sense I've been getting. And I... I know that we have experienced, many of you have experienced various types of grief and losses, and it seems as though some people walk through them um, more able than others. But the thing is, is we want to get to the point where at Christmas for us, that it is not another opportunity to, to remember loss, but to experience joy. This is a hard thing. It's a hard thing. How can we experience joy in the midst of great grief? In Hebrews chapter 12, we see this example from Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and seated at and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, who's God in the beginning of time, before there was time, was, was there when, when everything was created and knew that man would fall, that knew that we would be distracted by the things of the earth, that knew that there would be pain and suffering that it knew would be this and knew that he had to come to reconcile ourselves to God. And just imagine right now if I were to take you and I were to airdrop you into the worst situation in this world right now, that 
you know, you went from your life now, which many of us, sometimes we get caught up in it and how bad it is, that we were just airlifted and dropped into a very difficult spot and everything changed. How would be our response? And Jesus did this. He came and he, he came to this world and he undertook the human condition of brokenness. That's what we've unpacked this couple of months, that we in the end are broken people. Even though many of us have put our trust in Jesus and have been set free from the, 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 the drive of sinfulness necessarily, but we still have that in us that we want to push against things, even then, we have sometimes in our lives things that we've carried along the way, baggages that we've brought, emotional pain that we bring into and I want you to know that as a church, we're not done working through this. We feel in much of a way that we have opened up the wound and begin to cut out some of the stuff, and at least that we know that we have a problem. Half the issue is knowing that we have a problem. Then we wish to address that problem by using biblical um, by using the word of God and the spirit of God and trust in God and, and help with others to help us to begin to cleanse the wound and seal it back up and walk in newness of life. That's our hope for you. So I just want to tell you that in September, we're going to, or September, in February, the, we are going to begin a church-wide life group. And it's going to last, the first part is going to be eight weeks. It's going to be on a Sunday evening. It's going to be from um, six to eight. And we're going to unpack what it means to have a healthy relationship with God despite all the things that may have happened to us. Does that make sense to you? We're going to unpack it. We're going to walk through it together. We're going to trust God for it. We're going to see some healing that we can no longer maybe come to Christmas. Yeah, maybe we bring sadness, but we're not going to lose it. We're going to find joy somewhere because God has healed us. The healer has put his touch on us. And that's our hope as a church that we will join that together. Jesus, when he... Uh, when he looked forward and it said, for the joy that was set before him, let me make this clear. Joy doesn't mean that everything goes your way. Joy does not mean the absence of pain. Joy does not mean everything goes to your plan, the way of your plan. We can't have, if we have pain without a purpose, we just experience grief. And so as, a, as Christians, the way Jesus looked at it is that he knew that he would have to undergo some very difficult things. One of them is one that none of us understands, what it's like to be completely separated from God the Father. And so we, can't ex we don't understand that completely. We've had glimpses, touches of understanding who God is, but we've never been in full, complete worship without the constraints of our, our earthly vessels that, and were torn from it. And so Jesus did that. But for the joy set before him, the joy was that he was an agent of hope and bringing joy to us and the hope for joy. 
And so he walked this world, he experienced pain, he experienced loss. Matter of fact, you might remember that um, the, the group came up to him and, and they said that they had lost, and my name just blanked his name. He was in the tomb. Help me. Lazarus, thank you. Lazarus was dead, and Jesus knew it. Jesus delayed his entrance into it. And, and they came to him, and they told him, and they saw the weeping around him. And, and we all know the shortest verse in the Bible is what? Jesus, he wept. But he knew the outcome. He knew the outcome, but he wept because this, these things that hurt us, they hurt us. They're real. We're not to fake and gloss over it. We're not to say, I've got this. We're not to say, let's just, just get up in the morning and soldier on. No, they affect us deeply, and they affected Jesus deeply when he saw those who were grieving. But Jesus didn't experience complete joy in the event, but he saw a guaranteed outcome. He saw a guaranteed outcome. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, there is a, a prayer. It's sort of like, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And Pastor Ty is gonna be talking about hope next week. But we're focusing on joy that uh, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. This means that we have to know that there is a guaranteed outcome, that we rest and we trust in the Father, that we put our hope in the scriptures and what God has promised, and we don't look at our circumstances. We don't focus on our circumstances and make the list of all the things that are bad, unless that's a prayer list that we take to God, but we focus on where our hope is found. I love the old hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You know, that is where we find our joy in the midst of great suffering. That couple continued to find joy in some of the most difficult experiences that you can imagine. And right now, he is, he, uh, the husband gives interviews and shares that he has a hope. He doesn't understand everything, but he finds joy in the situation he finds joy in remembering the life he had. How are you with that? It can't be Christmas all the time. We know that the, the life, the roads of life are gonna be high and low and high and low. And so no matter where you are, if you're at the top of the hill or you're at the bottom of the trough right now, that there is hope for you, that there is joy to be found in that situation. One of my favorite parts and books of the Bible is found in Isaiah 61. In verse one, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because God, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Do 
This means, in my humble observation, that we have a job to do. And our job is to find joy in our circumstances and press into it so that we can find other people who have experienced that loss, who have experienced that pain, and we can come alongside of them and say, you can find joy. There, there's, you can find it. I promise you, do not give up. Do not give up the journey. And so there are here who have experienced losses that I can't imagine. You know, but there are some people who've experienced losses that I can't imagine. And so I can speak into those. You have certain areas that you have been exposed to loss that God, if he's brought you through it and you've trusted him through the process, that you're called to bind that up by the grace of God. You're called to lay hands on and to press into and to walk in victory on. Not to just go in defeat and wait for God to come back someday, but you're called. Listen to it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of God is upon you because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. That means if you're under bondage to some sin and God has freed you from it, you should be very vocal about it. Not sort of hiding it and going, oh, well, this is just embarrassing or whatever, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to not want anyone to know. When you can share what God has brought you through, there is joy and freedom. Who's experienced it? There is a freedom from it that I cannot, I cannot just describe. I can't describe it. And it's hard to trust if you've been broken so much. If your grief has not been dealt with, it's hard to believe that, that there is relief from that grief. And that's where we have to place our trust, that God brings joy in the morning. I love that verse, and I'm not going to get it right, but she says, you're afraid of the dark and afraid of the dawn. That's real. And he had to walk through that. Verse 2 says, To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So not only are we ministers of reconciliation, but we're ministers of mourning. We are ministers to bring joy and comfort to those who are grieving and are in loss. But let me tell you, much like, much like on an airplane, when if it starts to unravel and fall and the oxygen drops and you have a little kid, much like that, you must put the oxygen on you first. There must be healing for you first before you can go help someone else. Now, you can be in the process and still help someone else, but I don't think you can be in denial and just sort of walk there and fully walk and trust God that he's going to do something because you haven't seen it for yourself. So God is calling us to stretch out with joy and trust and promise that no matter what grief you have suffered and are suffering, that there is a promise of joy for you. Do you believe that? Verse 3, it says, to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, 
the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. So imagine this. You and I are little saplings, right? Just imagine this. And, and God, by his grace, if you've placed your trust in him, he's taken you from your circumstances or he's, he's, he's cared for you in the midst of that and he's begun to, to wean away some things and work on the soil and begin to water you and begin to cut some branches and he's there for you. And when there's, when there's dry and there's nothing there, you know, we're called to hunger and thirst after him. And so we're called to press in him, but we are called to grow. Every one of us are called to grow. Every one of us are called to press in for joy during the grieving process. Not necessarily immediately, but we're called to trust God that that is coming. And so as we walk through that, we begin to grow. And we begin to get stronger, and the Spirit nourishes us, and he grows us, and he strengthens us, and then fruit begins. Is this thing making this crazy noises again? And we're called to bring others with us. So imagine walking in and telling someone that there's hope when they can see on our faces that there's no hope within us. That's not going to help them. Now, we all know that we are to put our trust in Jesus, right? That none of us have it all together. None of us are completely whole. None of us are perfect. But we, we always point to Jesus. But as we point to Jesus, it's like the tree pressing his branches to the sun. You ever seen trees that are in a, in a thicket that they don't get much light? And the one will bend itself over. It will just do one of these things to get to the light. And I'm going to watch it before I fall. Donna's like hoping. <laughs> but, you know, just reaching for the light. And so if you are in the midst of a grieving cycle and pressing into that, I just want to say that press in like that tree. Be firmly planted and just go to the light and just wait and abide. And he will show up and he will give you joy. There's a picture here that I felt like might best express how we're to be in exchanging our grief for joy. I know many of you as kids, if not all of you, have taken a dandelion and plucked it and done what? Right? And just blown it. Just acknowledge it's okay, it's a safe place. And you just watch them go. And your whole point is just to see if in one breath, if you can take care of them all. And you know whether you've succeeded at that. But I think in the process of grief, that as if you are firmly planted in, in the trust of Jesus Christ, that as the winds of grief blow on you and you are trusting God that those seeds get plucked away and you feel bare as it happens. You feel empty as that little dandelion happens, but seeds are planted, amen? Seeds are planted. It multiplies itself. And so we must be like a, a oak of righteousness that is planted, but also just casting off seeds and trusting that God is gonna do a good work in other people's lives. 
If it's left to just be for me, I will wallow up in a hole and cover dirt over myself. That's how I work. Some of you not like that, but me, if it's just left to it, if I, if I had no one else that I cared for, I would crawl into a hole or be a hermit in a mountain, and some of you have dreamed about that too. Be away from everybody, right? That'd be me. Grow a big beard, that wouldn't be me, because I can't, sorry guys, uh, and get away from everybody, that would be me. But the gospel constrains us that that is not our answer, is to survive. Our answer is to be a blessing and to walk and make oaths of righteousness so that people can find joy despite their grief. Folks, this is the gift exchange for us. This is what we do. This is what we do. And so if you're in the middle of it, and if there are some things that haven't been reconciled, I get it. I totally get it. But we are going to have a life group that is going to be at the well together, different tables that we are going to walk through being healthy emotionally, trusting God together, knowing him as a good, good father together, walking through our struggles together. And that is what I hope that we will do as a church and that those wounds will be healed. It's already, but not yet. Everything, most everything in the gospel is already, but not yet. But if you want healing, I, I promise you, Jesus has it for you. It's going to be tough. It is going to be a difficult road. You're going to have to acknowledge some things that maybe you don't want to acknowledge in a group of people that you feel safe with. But the promised outcome is oaks of righteousness, joy instead of mourning. That is our hope. And it's with that hope we come to communion this morning. So would you please stand? This morning, if you have experienced loss and you have not been able to shake it, I want to say that Jesus understands your grief. If you have never placed your trust in Jesus Christ, I would say it is the greatest gift exchange that you could ever have. It is taking everything that is within you that doesn't, that you know is wrong, that you know is turning against things of God and giving it to Jesus saying, you can have it all, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of me. And he in turn takes that and he gives us a new garment, a new hope a new joy, and he promises us a minister, ministry of reconciliation that we can go and tell others what he has done because we have experienced that deliverance. Church, would you bow your head, please? God, I believe there's someone here, Lord, who for years has buried some sense of grief some burden that is too much to carry. Lord, and they have held on to it, and Lord, and it's become a part of their person. And it's there, and it doesn't go away.
Lord, I pray this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would free them, that they would put their trust in you completely, that they would release, Lord, that grief and trust you for joy in the morning. Lord, as we come to communion, Lord, this morning, may we take the band-aids off and bring our grief to the table and trust you for joy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.